one of the biggest questions I have of myself in my th- almost 31 years of life is why I became a Cleveland Browns fan. I'm your host, Josh Poha. As usual, with Joe Gilbert, we're here at Browns Instant Insights after their Monday night loss in Pittsburgh to Ben Roethlisberger's last game, 26-14. You knew Pittsburgh wasn't going to lose that game in ben, Big Ben's last home game ever. No. At all, I guess the positive here is that thank goodness Cincinnati won yesterday. Oh my god! So that so that the the Browns were already eliminated eliminated from playoff contention because if they had a chance at the playoffs tonight, my goodness! I mean that was an ugly game to begin with. I couldn't even imagine if the Browns still had a shot at the playoffs, and that's how they came out and played. Yeah, I said that. I said that about midway through the game. It was pretty bad. It was. That would have been just, oh my god, gut wrenching. But um, Josh, what, what are we presented by here? What are, what are we? What, I was going to say at? that next. Right, you have to call me out because I I forgot to do it. And I'm just leading you into it. If you're tuning into us live at this late <laughs> night, twelve fifteen a.m. Tuesday morning hour, we are live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And this podcast, like always, is presented by the Evergreen Podcast Network. Back to you, Joe. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, today was just—it uh, just seemed like uh, it was just like the end of a train wreck. <laughs> it was just like the end of a train wreck. I feel like we still have one more game, but that it's... was that. Then that would be like the longest train wreck in train wreck history. <laughs> it really was. It's just man. It was that fourth quarter was one of the worst quarters we've had to sit through in a long time and uh it was bad and i i said this prior to the thing i it just i i i have a hard time i know people are gonna say what are your options but i just have a hard time seeing baker being back i i think it might be mutual and uh this game kind of just kind of just it just unraveled and most of the most of the reasons was because of that offense and and the quarterback position. They just uh, it was it was a bad showing. I I think I will go with Tom Valentino, who's also part of our waiting for next year proof of podcast, and his podcast is called "The Nail in the Coffin." I think tonight's game was the nail in the coffin for Baker Mayfield will not be back with the Browns next year. I think like it was, it was out there like, yeah, it's probably not going to happen, but the way he played the, I mean, the comments comments after the game (laughs) for those, for those of you tuning into us live after the game, remember Kevin Stefanski never throws anyone under the bus. He always says, oh, yeah, it was my fault, blah, 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 my fault, my fault, my fault. Baker Mayfield, exact quote after the game. Their front's pretty good, has been for years. You've got T.J. Watt over there, not giving our rookie tackle much help. That, 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 not going to be good. If that's not calling out your head coach and his offensive game plan, I really don't know what is calling out your head coach. It's it sound, It's almost been like a 12-week divorce that has carried over 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 and over that they're trying to work out but you know that's not going to work out in the end 
and it's only gotten uglier. And now with one week left before it has to be decided if you're going to get divorced or not, it has almost reached its peak. Yeah, yeah. I that's a totally good description. It's just uh, it just keeps getting worse and worse. Like even like in the middle of the season, he was performing. He would at least score. We the offense was moving. There was obviously certain like the red zone was a big issue. He couldn't finish things, but he was at least getting getting their offense moving. The last what three or four weeks, they haven't even been doing that. It's a little bit last week, but it, it's just it's been awful, and uh, it just keeps getting worse and worse. And uh, this is um, this is like early Hugh Jackson offense bad, and, and that's not great. The thing that stinks the most, especially, not, well, not only due to the fact that the Steelers just swept the Browns, yeah, and the Browns' offense looked ugly in both games. I mean, the Browns' offense looked good in the fourth quarter, but let's be honest, it was somewhat garbage time. Yeah. Um, and the refs got to <laughs> The Browns, yeah, the Browns had Super Bowl aspirations this year. Mm-hmm. The Steelers were picked to finish last in the division. This was supposed to be a very bad, well, not a very, and Pittsburgh standards, a very bad year. Mm-hmm. The Steelers just clinched a better record than the Browns this season. And the Steelers, time, right? the Steelers worst is still better than the Browns. Yeah. And that I think I, I think I saw it's the 29th time straight time that they've had a better record. I think it was 29, which is just in the, I don't think big Ben, I don't think big Ben ever had a losing record and he's about to retire. I'm, no, because Tomlin, Tomlin's never had it, and it's crazy. I mean, the stability, the winning culture. Ev- mm-hmm. I, I mean, they're our biggest rival. I don't. No, let's be honest. The Brown to the Browns, Steelers. The Steelers are our biggest. To the rival. Browns, yeah. <laughs> I don't think the Browns are the Steelers' biggest rival. Let's be not honest. at I all. Think it's the That's Ravens. Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, just man, being on like. One side in the Ohio State Machine rivalry, I'm on the complete opposite end of the Brown Steelers rivalry, and it sucks. <laughs> that's a like, great that's a great way of saying it. It, it is. It's the Michigan, complete opposite. We're literally the Michigan of this. Oh, oh my man. god. But put it this way, Big Ben's about to retire after what seems like fifty five million years. Yeah. He only lost one game to the Browns at home, which was last year's playoff game. I think he finished he just finished fourteen and one. Mm-hmm. And he is the winningest Browns quarterback in the first energy stadium, home of the Cleveland Browns, or winningest quarterback in Cleveland Browns stadium since 1999. And he literally plays there once a year. Think about that. <laughs> and by the way, another quote from Baker. Oh God. Asked if he's put in the best position possible this season, or asked if he's been put in the best position possible this season. I'm not going to get into too many details about that as a full season situation. Obviously, we've been pretty banged up. And then he also said, I'm a fighter, quote unquote. Wanted he wanted to gut it out, but now it's time, quote, it's time for me to think about my family and my best interests. Well, he will talk to his agent and family about sitting possibly sitting next week. If it's always been about your health and best interest. Wouldn't your best interest be making millions of dollars? Yeah. Wouldn't your best interest be making millions of dollars for you and your family? The the amount of money that Baker lost this year is incredible. It is. Yeah. 
and like it's just crazy. Yeah, it's I don't. It's just this whole season is just like shaking my head. Like I don't know. We should have known this as experienced Browns fans. Even though we're young, we should have known this was coming. Oh, Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. It does. I mean, to anyone that put money on the Browns winning the AFC North, winning the AFC conference, or winning the Super Bowl, I sincerely feel bad for you. But you have to remember, <laughs> this is the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Yeah, and this is it's just yeah, this offense it was broken. It kind of it was like one of those tires that you you're driving with a a loose tire and it, it just finally falls off because <laughs> all the wheels fell off. This uh, yeah, by it, one loose tire he means like all four of them are loose, yeah. and it yeah. was like bumpy. Like you're you're on like a straight road you, that you has no bumps. You think you're, you're gonna bumpy. make it through? You think you can make it through? And nope, it just falls apart one tire at a time. <laughs> I hate being so negative when it comes to. The, I feel like I've been super negative the last few weeks, but it's. It's hard to be positive about this team right now. Really, I know. It really is. The defense, definitely yeah. worth being positive about. But the team yes. as a whole, I mean, so much. They, what? They are, are they 7-9 now? Yeah, they're 7-9. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's just. And, I mean, we won't get in. It's already almost 1230 in the morning here, so we won't get into it. Joe and I will. Be back with you next week after the season finale, and then probably we'll do more. I, we didn't do any off-season uh, podcasts last yeah. year. We'll definitely do we'll some do. off-season ones. Yeah, especially this season there's, because this is going to be a wild off-season. There's so much to talk about. <laughs> NFL so draft. Much. What to do with Baker or, or who to bring in, possibly bring in as an upgrade, or just to be your starting quarterback. There's just so much yeah. to talk about. We, but, we thought we had a calm off-season last year. That was just our little little breather. <laughs> For this, this offseason. That was the uh, quiet before the storm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's let's just talk about this game tonight because that's yeah. what we're supposed to do anyways. <laughs> Up until the fourth quarter, Big Ben was about 24. For, he finished 24 for, for 46 with 123 yards, one touchdown and one interception. And up until like middle of the fourth quarter, he was by far the best quarterback in the game. That is not good. He no. threw 46 passes for only 123 yards and was by far the best quarterback in the game. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, yeah, it was it was a battle of just really shitty quarterbacks. <laughs> they both were just really shitty quarterbacks. That's all we the can problem, say. The problem is that one of them seems like he's 55 going on 100, and right. the other one's was supposed 25. to be the franchise quarterback. Yeah, yeah. and he's 25. Yeah, it's uh, – I, I, I still can't believe that we're, this team lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers twice this season. This was the worst Pittsburgh Steelers team they've had in – Two decades now, I think maybe, probably close to it. It's it's pretty incredible that they have a better record and they swept the series. It's 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 an indictment on this team. It just uh, it's just the icing on the cake of uh, the sh- this shit cake, <laughs> pretty much the shit cake of the season, as they say. Um, but yeah, it's 
there's going to be a lot of change this offseason. I don't think anything in coaching or anything, but this roster, especially on offense, is going to be overhauled. <laughs> I think the only possible change at coaching will be, I know it came out prior to the game. I don't remember who tweeted out. Alex Van Pelt, the Browns OC, although he does not call the plays, met with Pat Narduzzi, who is uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Is it Pittsburgh University or University of Pittsburgh? Either way, Pittsburgh's college team's head coach (laughs) to possibly be their yeah to possibly be their OC. So the only change that the I guess that'd be a big time change if you lose your OC, even if he doesn't call plays. So that's the only big time change I see coming on the coaching staff. But there is going to be a ton of change on the the offense. The offense could get six new starters, (laughs) or well, yeah, yeah, Nick Chubb. Hopefully well, they yeah, five, hopefully five new starters. We'll hopefully like they extend David and Joku. Hopefully yeah. he doesn't want too much money because I he'll be the best tight end. Yeah. I don't see Austin Hooper coming back. No, that's, receivers, receivers might be a sweep. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, no, at DPJ least, he could be like wide receiver three, the top least, two wide yeah. receivers. Yeah, the top two at least. It's just crazy. I mean, they overhauled the defense last year, and I think they're going to do the same thing on the offensive side of the ball this year. Yeah, yeah. Both I, through the draft and in free agency. Yeah, <laughs> and you have, have to. to. Yeah. I mean, you only have so much time with Miles Garrett in his prime and Denzel Ward and those type of guys in their prime. So you're going to have to do something. And it's just – They're oh, somehow man. in a – like this offense is somehow in a worse position than the defense was last year. I, I don't know how that happened, but we are somehow in that position and uh, – that. Barry's got a big job this offseason. Do you know? I know how it happened. It's because it's the Cleveland Browns, Joe. <laughs> is that just <laughs> seriously? Is that just the reason for everything? Like I know, I the thing the only in Cleveland hashtag only in Cleveland is said a little bit too much, but yeah. I swear to you, this type of stuff literally only happens in Cleveland. Yeah, it. I wouldn't think so. Tennessee. I mean, let's go through it. I know I was listening. I made the mistake in listening to 92.3 this morning. Although I I do love Ken Carmen. That's basically the only sports talk I listen to. And I just want to see what was being said. Lima Mm -hmm. said, like, look at all these teams. Like, the Browns somehow got worse with Super Bowl aspirations. Look at some teams throughout the league. Tennessee Titans just lost arguably the best running back in the league. They literally just locked up the number one seed in the AFC. They had no receivers. So anyone yeah. who wants to complain about uh, Baker not having receivers, they had nobody for much of the year. Julio yeah. and AJ were out. And uh, yeah. And, and then uh, I forget what other examples he said, but it was like, wow. Like these teams literally like tear it down and then build back up so quickly. And then there's the yeah. rounds. Yeah. All <laughs> right. So back to, back to this game tonight, I guess. Maybe the Browns are built on like a, like a haunted spot of um, in Berea or something <laughs> like a, maybe it's just haunted like in a, Cleveland because outside of June 19th 2016 I'd, I'd argue that the entire Cleveland sports fan base is haunted <laughs> hey we have Evan Mobley though true <laughs> yeah that's another thing Joe and I will hopefully start podcasting about the Cavs sometimes too. yes because they're by far the best team in Cleveland. By far, it's not even close. In light years, funner than funner, more fun. 
Wait, hold on. You said funner last week, didn't you? I think you said funner last week. More fun than any team in the in the city. But uh, yeah, we'll get to that uh, hopefully soon. Uh, All right, back to this game tonight. Baker Mayfield with the with his play lately, with the comments. It's going to be I. If I had to put my money down on one side, it'd be that it's going to be an ugly divorce. Now that the Browns are officially eliminated from the playoffs, now that they just got swept by a not very good Pittsburgh team this year, I have a feeling that a lot of stuff's going to be coming out. Oh yeah, from both sides. If one side shares something, the other side's going to. Sh- if if you something. if everyone forgot forgot what leaks are, oh my god, it's going to be a leaky in Berea. We haven't we haven't had that in what two years now and uh, <laughs> do you know, do you know how bad thing do you know how bad things have been for the Browns since 1999? Joe <laughs> just made it sound like they haven't had it in so long, and then he said two years. Two years. Hey, that's long. That's like that's like twenty years in Browns. Brown like years. dog years. Like do you know how dog years? It's seven years. Berea dog. years. Every year is ten years. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be leaky and. I, I before the game. That is I such. Don't, a, I, don't say leaky anymore. That's almost like moist. Leaky. Two words that you should just not <laughs> say very often. <laughs> but yeah, I, I before the game, I, I, I had the feel like I thought they were going to replace him, but I didn't think it was one hundred percent because obviously the options have to come to fruition. But right now, I, I, I don't know how they come together, <laughs> like with the comments today uh, after the game and, and just what he put on on the field today and what we've seen all season, I it just seems really hard <laughs> to see them back together next year. All right. So I guess this is a podcast, another podcast, but I'll just leave it out there as a little teaser. Is there a way for Bill O'Brien to, I know he's currently the OC at Alabama, to become a GM of one of the NFL teams and trade a first-round pick for Baker? I think Seattle's looking for a GM. All right, so, hey, guys. Baker (laughs) for Russell Wilson and a a number one. uh, How about about just a second? Just like uh, the, the... Just like the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Baker for not a, a second round pick in Russell Wilson. Boom. Yeah. That's an even trade. Sounds like it's an even I trade to me. We solved both problems, man. We solved the Seattle's problem and we solved the Browns' problem. You're welcome. If the Browns can get a first round pick for Trent Richardson, they damn sure can get a first round pick for Baker Mayfield. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Who did we trade him? We trade him to uh, who was that? Oh, the Colts. Colts. And then that's oh, yeah. what we did. That's what we did with that first round pick. I, I'm pretty sure that was the year that we drafted Justin Gilbert and Johnny Manziel. So that was hey. two first round picks turned uh, some really that good turned, stuff. Turned real well. All right, oh, back boy. to the we. I, we need to stop going on tangents, especially because we don't want to talk that long tonight. <laughs> um. Oh, another Baker then. Tipped okay. Not only did he start off like one for 11 or whatever, I believe oh number God. it was the tip king, man. He had four of his first nine passes were tipped in completions, and I think two of them besides those were drop passes. So six of them were all <laughs> on, 
Yes, tip passes aren't necessarily the quarterback. Well, actually, no, they are all the quarterback's fault mainly. Or it's well, just good some, defense. Not TJ some, Watt. Yeah, sometimes it's a good play. Yeah, but then when you have Baker, a short quarterback that doesn't really move his eyes, TJ Watt literally. I mean, there was a time, and I think in the third quarter, TJ Watt didn't rush the passer. Knew that Baker was going to come to the side and literally just stayed. Didn't didn't move. When I can't even talk, when the ball was snapped, <laughs> stayed in a spot and just jumped up when Baker passed the ball. Boom, easy tip yeah. pass. And then he talked so much crap to Baker after that play, too. Yeah. At, yeah. Like at some point, like obviously you'll get one, maybe two. If the, Did he if end he, up with six tonight? He ended up with <laughs> I think six. It, was, it was either five or six. But like once you get to like three or four or five or six, man, that's on you, man. You do something. Find another window. Stop staring down the freaking receivers all the time. Like, that is bad. And, and then uh, not only that, but the tip passes. So the deep, it's almost like, I mean, it's easy when the Browns don't really have a deep. Like we said a few weeks ago, when your deep, your biggest deep threat, literally and figuratively, <laughs> is a tight end, David Njoku, that's a problem. So when the Browns don't have a deep threat, Nick, and then we'll get a Nick shot after this. It's just so easy for a defense. Load the box, read the quarterback sides if they're passing it. More than 50% of the time when he passes it, it's either going to be a short two-yard slant or a screen. It's just like so – and I'm not even playing with Kevin Stefanski because I think it's more the just the guys that are suiting up on the team. It's just this the how far this offense has fallen this year is just so disappointing. Yeah, it, I – I truly did not see this coming. I don't know how anyone could have saw this coming, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I I can't even remember what what that offense looked like last year. <laughs> it's uh, it's night and day, and it starts with six. I had to say, I'm sorry. <laughs> the most important. It starts with the most important position in sports. Yep, and the Browns currently have way more questions than answers at that position. That's a problem. Mm. So, a position that they don't have questions about: running back Nick Chubb. He had four carries in the first half. Everyone, everyone was wondering why Dearness Johnson was getting so much playing time, especially because Nick Chubb, when he got the ball, I think he averaged like eight point eight yards a carry with those four carries in the first half. At halftime, it was sort. Someone had a source that said it's not because Nick Chubb is hurt. He's not hurt. Kevin Stefanski says after the game that Nick Chubb had a rib injury in the first half, which is why he held him out for much of the game, which, hey, if he did, I'm completely okay. Right. There's no point in risking anything yeah. in a meaningless game for the Browns. Right. If, if he had even, like, a, a torn toenail, <laughs> I wouldn't play him. Like, there's no – out of people, all the wait, I'm just wondering what's going through your head right now. That out, out of all the injuries you could have just said, I literally was just said, trying to figure out what torn, the smallest torn toenail. <laughs> Those are bad, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> not even like about it. not even like I was thrown toenail, not like a I broken thinking, finger. I was thinking of the smallest injury, and then I was like, let's go with torn. <laughs> I don't know. That My is bad. incredible. All right, continue. My bad. I, I just I just can't believe that your mind went straight to torn toenail. Go I like on. to go to the graphic injuries first. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, if there was anything wrong with him, he there was absolutely no point 
Um, I thought it was pretty clear on what was happening, uh, what was happening last year or in the first half when he wasn't playing. It was clear that they were trying to save him and not run him into the ground. And that's the right move. There's no point of winning this game and trying to outrun Pittsburgh. I don't know why people kept kept asking. There's there was a like I was getting so so mad. Like people were just keep continuing asking. Like there's a clear answer for this, and um, and he obviously answered it after the game. But it was the, it was the right move keeping him out and. Uh, Especially for like the running back position is especially the one that you need to keep an eye on. Like they have a shelf life a lot, a lot shorter than any other position. So it was it well was a, it any was other right position. Move. Asterisk: the Browns' starting quarterback has a shorter <laughs> shelf life. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Um, but yeah, that it, it was it was the right move, and uh, we'll probably I would say they'll probably sit on the rest of the year. Or at least next week, but uh, we'll see. Man, next week is literally just going to be a glorified preseason game. Yep. Because Cincinnati just locked up the ASU North. I don't know how they are with seeding, but I wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati doesn't play anyone either. They got a. I think they're they could get the one seed, but they have to have like three teams lose. So I don't know how much. <laughs> Do you know what I was just thinking? Browns fans. Especially Browns fans, but the NFL as a whole, we hated on Cincinnati for drafting Jamar Chase, a wide receiver in the first round when they needed offensive line help, especially with Joe Burrow coming back, coming back from a torn ACL. We hated on the Steelers because they have and had a horrible offensive line and decided to use the two first-round picks on a running back and a tight end. Want to know how the Browns lost – their two games of the Steelers, a game clinching catch by the rookie tight end, <laughs> and a game clinching clinching touchdown run by the rookie running back. Wanna know how the Bengals just locked up the AFC North division? An absolutely dominant performance <laughs> by the rookie wide receiver. Uh, karma. I don't know if that's karma, but I I, that, karma. that literally just popped into my head how the Browns fans hated <laughs> on those three picks so much. And those three players just two of them beat the Browns twice. Well, I guess they all beat the Browns twice, but two of them had Dame clinching touchdowns against the Browns, and the other one will be most likely the rookie of the year in Jamar Chase. It's just crazy how – but then if it's the Browns, it's like, yeah, that wide receiver's good, but your offensive line stinks, so it's not going to matter. Yeah. (laughs) Like it it did for when uh, we saw Joe Thomas leave. It was pretty bad for a while, and, and it affected the whole team. It's uh yeah, I just skip. All right. The, the, the real question is, how do we get Ohio State to switch quarterback and receiver positions with the Browns next year? Can we can we do that? It's crazy that the best receiver <laughs> and the best and quarterback, the best quarterback <laughs> between yeah. Ohio State and the Browns. I would literally take Ohio State's top three receivers and their quarterback. Over the Browns quarterback and the Browns top three receivers. <laughs> I would definitely take quarterback. I would de- definitely take the number one receiver 
we'll see on the young guys. A little bit early on those guys, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's just a crazy, crazy where we're at, man. But uh, before we move on to the defense, before we move on to the defense, Scott Cordick from YouTube. Baker will be back on a franchise tag. 100% sure in that, but it will have to go swimmingly for the first 12 weeks, at least for him to retain the job and compete for a contract. Scott, he is going into the final year of his rookie deal. They they already extended it. So the the franchise tag wouldn't be until the 2023 season. And And let's be honest, (laughs) the chances of a franchise tag, the chances of them paying Baker like 40, 42 million bucks. Yeah. I might have a better chance at winning the lottery. <laughs> yeah, I. But yeah, I, I would not put a strong uh, probability on that one. Yeah, Scott, I, I somewhat agree with you if this is going in, into that next off season. But yet yeah, they already extended Baker. I don't even know what the dollar amount is, but eighteen million. Eighteen million, man. No thanks throwing eighteen million dollars on the trash. <laughs> Hey, we're going to trade him for Russell, okay? Duh. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll yeah switch right. him out. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and speaking solved. of dead cap, this is another offseason thing that Joe and I will do. But Austin Hooper, he has an out clause in his contract this year. Remember two years ago when he was the highest paid tight end at the time? Yeah. That seems like, like, he, that was, seems like decades was, ago. Wasn't it for like – I think it, it was, was for like a week or something. Yeah. And then George <laughs> Kittle or Travis Kelsey signed an extension. Yeah. But he has an out clause. He, I think he's gonna if he stays with the Browns, which which he won't. Yeah, he'll get paid like I, eight, eleven million dollars or something. If yeah. he, he's cut prior to June first, it's seven point five million dollars in dead cap space. So the Browns could potentially save about four million dollars if they cut him. Yeah, they're probably gonna cut him. Yeah, let's be <laughs> honest. Like he's he's not like he's just he just seems like a guy who's there. Doesn't it seem like he's just kind of a guy who's just like he'll make a catch or two and then he'll drop a giant. I would say a guy just... who's there that drops passes. Right. By the way, I think he had three drops tonight, and I'll use the nail and coffin uh cliche again because his final one led to the interception that clinched the game for the Steelers. Yeah. I was like, Austin Huber, what a great way to leave Cleveland did. <laughs> It was yeah, it's uh it was not a good showing and it was it's just not been a good showing all year pretty much. It's it's pretty clear that David Njoku is the most talented guy on the on the in the tight end room and uh and Harrison Bryant's really good too as a backup, so I, I don't see a really important you uh need for Hooper to waste money on there and, and a spot on the roster. So and people can uh, say, well if you cut him then it's seven point five million dollars. But think about it the other way. If you cut him, you're saving about four million dollars. Right. Yeah. All right. So enough about the offense because that's just horrible mm-hmm. depressing talk. The defense. Actually no before I go back, I, I need oh, to say boy. one more thing about the offense. The Steelers it didn't help that, like Baker said, TJ Watt was going up against a rookie and James Hudson, who was getting literally no help, no idea why that was happening. Yeah, I will. I will criticize Stavansky on that. I don't know what. Yes. The heck, I don't know what the heck their game plan was. The Steelers ended up with nine sacks tonight, four of them by TJ Watt. Yes, part of it was Baker, especially when Baker was seeing ghosts and literally spinning out of the pocket when there was no pressure. He did spin like three times today. Yeah, it's just like even the offensive line who the Browns have been able to lean on sometimes yeah. this season. It's there were 
the only positive tonight was Nick Chubb, and he barely played. There were no other positives on the offense. I don't know, although David and Joku's touchdown yeah. catch. If was, anyone's still on Brown's Twitter, it was by the fingertips. It was yeah. a great catch. But mm-hmm. all right, back to the back to the defense. Where man, who would have ever thought the Browns would have to lean on their defense? It's crazy. Seriously, after after what week six, they've been they've been by far the best the best unit on this team. I I just uh, I wrote an article uh, this tonight. They they in the last ten games they've only given up they've given up um, I believe four games over twenty points. That's incredible. Yes, that is right because I edited it and I remember <laughs> that stat that you wrote. Yeah, that's incredible. Like. They they kept them in. I I wrote that they were dragging this offense in into games. They they kept them in games for the so fact, long. The fact that the Browns were in the game tonight tells you all you need to know. Yeah, it's it was it's incredible that they they've kind of completely turned it around. We God, I was ready to fire. We were all ready to fire Joe Woods, and now. <laughs> He, he might have been the he might have put together the best coaching job of anybody on the staff. It's incredible how much they improved over the over the uh, over the course of time and 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 it was through the most important thing was they did it through so much injury and illness and all that stuff and they it didn't drop that much even today. Like they gave up twenty six points, but if you look like they were on the field, what was I at one point it was like ridiculous. I forget. Let me see what they were at total, but they were on the field for like a ridiculous amount. They were on the field for 34, 34 30, minutes, 35 minutes almost. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was, it was just, they, they really kept fighting and they held Pittsburgh to how many short fields they had and fit and Pittsburgh had to be forced to kick field goals. It was, it was another good performance and, um, and they lost more people today. Denzel Ward got hurt and, so that's not great, um, but it's uh, it, it just the the defense kept uh, kept competing and uh, they they stepped up. Uh, sadly, no one else did. <laughs> the defense, like going into next year, because obviously one we're waiting for next year. Like, and Browns fans are always waiting for next year. Let's be honest. Yeah, but going into next year, Miles, you have Miles Garrett, Greg Newsom the third. Denzel Ward, who I hope they extend this offseason. Yep. Grant Delpit, JOK. I mean, hopefully Jacob Phillips c- can secure that second yeah. middle linebacker mid, uh, mm-hmm. linebacker spot. But then, like, if you extend or if you re-sign Jadavian Clowney, which I mm-hmm. that's would be an that's be an interesting one. I think he I might would want love it. too much. I would love it. Supposedly he would love it, but I mean, what's he supposed to say? No, I don't want him back. <laughs> right. <laughs> I hate. This I <laughs> I don't. I don't want to give him too much money. Right. Yes, he's a perfect sidekick to Miles, but I don't want to give him too much money. But then, like, Tack McKinley, if he can come back, if they can keep their – well, they will keep their core guys. But then, like, bring back guys like that and then just add other guys in free agency or the draft, which I feel like the draft would be mainly offense, so I guess in free agency. This defense can be really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's the the main things just to watch this offseason. I think the secondary is pretty set. 
I, really, I agree. I, I thought, like, I don't think they're going to re-sign Harrison, um, Ronnie Harrison, um, because I don't think he has performed very well this year. But I, I've been really impressed with MJ Stewart. He has stepped up in the last, what, three or four games, and he might have earned himself the third safety spot, which is a uh, necessary spot on the Browns. Um, but, yeah, I think the secondary is good. I don't really have an issue with the linebacking core, which is pretty incredible since <laughs> how bad it was a couple of years ago, even last year. And um, I think the defensive line is the one to watch. Um, obviously, we have Miles Garrett, which we can rely on for years and years to come. But uh, they need to they need to hopefully resign at least one of the two, Tack or uh, Jadavion. Hopefully, both would be nice. <laughs> And then the interior interior defense line is probably the biggest spot that they need to kind of add to uh, because I don't think they have anybody that is uh, a future there. So they definitely have to do that. But it, it, compared to the offense where we have to do quarterback, running or quarterback, tight end, maybe receiver, maybe offensive line if they need to reshuffle there the defense just has one position, maybe two. So it, it's a, it's a, it's a complete flip on, on last season because did we, uh, last season we talked about one position receiver was the only position that they needed to really do. And now it's kind of flipped on its head and we're on the defense now. It's crazy. It's, crazy. it's like, it, it's crazy. It's like tossy turning, man. It's so weird. It is. Uh, I mean, I don't know. If, yeah, it's weird, but there's just plenty. Luckily for a blog like ours, there are plenty of discussion points for the Browns this offseason. And there are plenty of thing, directions that we can go as podcasting and writing. I'm, like, if you want to write about the Browns, there are literally a thousand topics you can cover this offseason. It's crazy. Yeah. And whoever saw this coming. <laughs> the Browns could legitimately finish seven and ten, and I think I projected them to go like eleven and six this year. Wow, that's far off, huh? I think I was even. I think I might have been twelve and five, and that was like my worst case scenario. I was like, all right, if they lose this game, yeah, I know. If they lose that game. Okay, eleven. I'll give them eleven six at worst. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe not. So. <laughs> They were, the Steelers, on, they were they were on track for that for a second. <laughs> for the first two weeks of the season. <laughs> first four. The we Steelers just at, beat the Browns. Three and one somehow. Do you remember that? Can you go back that to that? That literally seems like decades ago. Do you remember that ago. time? <laughs> what a time to be alive. Wait, were the Browns were three and one to start the season? Yeah. They went. Holy cow. Back when against the city and then they Beat Houston, Chicago, Minnesota. Remember that after Minnesota? Right. Like, wow, That's we have right. a defense, man. That's right. <laughs> that was back when I used to look forward to doing these Browns podcasts. Now I'm about to fall asleep. It kind of all just kind of went hell downhill after Arizona. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. It's, <laughs> I, like, I know it's tough for me to say I'm at a loss of words because we've not been talking for 40 minutes, but if – to try and describe this Brown season as a whole, I'm literally at a loss for words. <laughs> it really is. It's pretty wild. It's 
it's we we we've seen a lot as Browns fans, but man, this is one for the ages. <laughs> Just when we thought we'd seen enough, the Browns <laughs> come back and totally redeem themselves. Yep. So the Steelers just won 26-14 in Big Ben's home finale. I have to admit, I've, I'm not a fan of Big Ben or the Steelers, obviously. But the way that Steelers fans sent him off was pretty cool. I know I might get hated on by the waiting for next year, guys, some of them. But like the way he went around the stadium and like shook hands with every, all, a lot of fans and stuff, I thought that was pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine how many decades it'll be from now. When a Browns quarterback will play for the same team for what, like 16, 17, 18 years, whatever it was, that might be like, we won't be alive. I'll put money on it that we will not be alive when that happens. <laughs> oh my God. So the Steelers <laughs> just won 26 14. The Browns dropped to seven and seven nine and on nine. the year. They go Hard into to say next, it, right, man? Yeah, no. They go, they go into a pointless, yet again, a pointless game next weekend against the Bengals. If you win, cool. If you lose, you secure a better draft pick and an easier schedule next year. I forgot. I forgot what it was like watching a, a meaningless game. <laughs> yeah, I know. Seriously, <laughs> the Browns literally went from. I wrote. I wrote about this this morning. The Browns went from Super Bowl aspirations this year to being eliminated from the postseason with two games out of, to go in the regular season. In a in a seventeen seventeen week season with. Seven teams that can make the playoffs. It's great. Yeah. 14 of 32 NFL teams make the playoffs. And the Browns, who were literally top six odds to win the Super Bowl this year, were eliminated with 15 games into the season. Imagine if, uh, well, we probably would have kept it in. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say, imagine if there was only six teams, but we were in the AFC North race for a while. So, yeah. Yeah. But- so, yeah. Final thoughts. I, I don't really have any. I hate to be negative about this team, but it's hard to be positive about anything but the defense because the defense is, I guess, the side of the ball that the Browns are going to have to lean on. Luckily, I will talk. I know I keep saying we'll talk about this during the podcast this offseason, but me and Joe will hopefully we'll do like a bi week, not bi weekly, but like a podcast every other week or something, whether mm-hmm. it's NFL draft, free agents, anything. I do trust Andrew Barry to make the right decisions. That is the key. I think that's, that's the, the key. key. Yeah. Yes. We so did not, we did not have that. No, <laughs> I couldn't tell you the last time we had that. Like for John Dorsey, it was like, who's the, I don't even know what John Dorsey was going to do. Honestly. Pick but some yeah. guy who has like multiple arrests on us. True. true. Although Kareem Hunt turned himself around, but yes. still. Yes. He was, John Dorsey was, yeah, he was doing his best to bring the Oakland Raiders to the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yeah. You were probably about right on that Antonio Brown situation. Oh my gosh! Yeah, speaking of that, what a situation that is. And he was at yeah. the Nets game tonight, by the way. So he still hasn't left that Brooklyn area. That, talk about a story. That that seems like a Brown story. That's going to be an incredible. I know this is another tangent. That's going to be an incredible thirty for thirty one day. It really is. Antonio Brown's career as a whole. Doesn't that seem like a Brown story? It does. Should have been a Brown story. Takes off his jersey. Somehow it's a Tom Brady story. (laughs) Yeah. Runs off the field in New York, and it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that he's on. He's told he can't fly back with the team. Gets an Uber. Yeah, there's a Snapchat of him getting an Uber. So everyone's like, how is he going to get back to Tampa? 
Fast forward 24 hours, and he's at the Nets game in Brooklyn. Still hasn't gone back to Tampa. He's not going to. If I'm a millionaire, too. You can have my clothes. Yeah, exactly. Have my clothes, have my house. Although he probably doesn't have a house. He's probably just renting somewhere since he probably wasn't planning on staying in Tampa that long. All right, that's enough. We can want so many tangents this late. But, yeah, final thoughts. Steelers just beat the Browns 26-14. There's one game left in regular season. Joe and I will... Unfortunately, be back with you probably like five o'clock next week. Joe, I hope you're not going to the game. I feel we'll bad see. if you are. We'll see on that front. All right, so Joe if will we, not be. If we are, it's probably going to be a early leaving time there. So okay, it'll probably be earlier than. That. So we'll we'll see you guys around five o'clock next week to just talk about the joy season. and fun, yes. joy and fun, always when it oh, comes yeah. up from the Browns. Obviously, the draft. It is. <laughs> Oh, we can. It'll officially be the off season next yes, week at this time, so we can talk draft, and that'd be crazy. Let the leaks begin. Oh, Sorry, I, I can. I had to throw leaks in. Back. I can only imagine how many sources people are going to start leaking mm. stuff to starting tomorrow morning. Yeah. Oh my god. It's a. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Good Brown's time. Twitter is always fun, right, Joe? Brown's Twitter is always fun. It's always fun. More fun this week. Yes. Do you know what's even more fun than Brown's Twitter? Brown's Twitter spaces. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, Twitter created spaces for us Browns fans. <laughs> uh, it's, a, but, it's, it's a therapy center, okay? That's one, that is one interesting way to put it. Usually therapy helps you out. It doesn't make you want to punch a hole in the wall. <laughs> yeah. But for those of you joining us live... One, I ask why, considering it's 1 a.m. Two, shout thank out, you. I'm the captain. <laughs> Two, oh yeah, I saw that on YouTube. Two, thank you for joining us live, always. For those of you listening to our podcast and wherever you listen to all of your podcasts, we appreciate it. And yeah, the Browns just dropped a 79 somehow. And they have one more game against, uh, one more pointless game mm-hmm. against the Bengals next week in the home finale. We'll be back with you next week, or I guess not next week. It's Monday night, Tuesday morning. We'll be back <laughs> with you week. Sunday night at 5 p.m. And I hope everyone has a good night. And as always, go, go Cavs. <laughs> the Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War. But half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio versus the World American History Podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains. We'll discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.